Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting talk absolutely continues now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for, what is it, July the 23rd in the year of our Lord, 2021. This is our two of two, and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, and to promote God, family, and country on your radio in the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, we ride for the brand. We promote all things moral, all things, what, liberty-loving? There you go. Welcome to the broadcast. We are live day three freedomfest.com is where we are. We are live in South Dakota. What do they call this place? Rapid City, South Dakota. People are rapidly filing into the event, going to seminars all day long. There's a bunch of breakout sessions. We'll talk about those here in a minute. Uh, And people are filing in, coming in by uh, the dozens to the booths area. What do you call this area? The booths area? Anyway, it's where all the booths are. Uh, nevertheless, there's a lot of different people, a lot of different viewpoints, a lot of different, uh, well, the spectrum's quite broad about uh, who's here and what they advocate for and what they're doing. Uh, but they're all in a room together. They're peacefully getting along. They're, they're talking and laughing and having a fantastic time as they should be. I like that. So that's going on. Now, there's a bunch of things happening at FreedomFest.com if you can... Join us in person. would love to see you. If you want to go to our dinner Friday night, that's tonight, and you're in the area, go to lovingliberty.net and sign up. Because there you can sign up and join us for dinner. We're going to have for dinner a bunch of speakers. We're going to have the Liberty Ladies speaking, talking about their incredible curriculum. Proclaim Liberty is their book and collegiate curriculum. you got to check that out. That's Proclaim Liberty. You can learn more about it, lovingliberty.net, but you can also come hear the ladies speak tonight and enjoy a wonderful dinner, nice catered dinner with a bunch of friendly folks. In addition to that, the Constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Officers Association a group will be in attendance as well, and they'll be speaking. we got a bunch of sheriffs speaking. you got literally four sitting sheriffs that'll be speaking. And then you've got a former sheriff who served... Uh, what do you want to call it? To the fullest extent of his terms, whatever you want to say, as much as he was allowed to serve, he did. He didn't get let go or anything like that. Anyway, and then what happened was he uh, ran for a different office, and now he's like a equivalent of a county commissioner guy. So that's pretty sweet. Anyway, uh, great guys. Uh, but he'll be uh, speaking as well. So you got five of them plus Richard Mack. I, as the uh, media guy, will be speaking a little bit too. And it'll just be a great dinner with a bunch of speakers. Uh, I guess there'll be a couple of videos played as well that'll be kind of fun. So check that out. LovingLiberty.net to learn more to go to the dinner. Uh, if you're not at the dinner and you can't go live, then you can sign up for FreedomFest.com and you can get the streaming option. And still check out a lot of the sessions that'll be there. That's important as well. Um, I want to kind of mention this also. We have a lot of... Um, I don't know what you call it. Events going on today is kind of the best way to say it. Number one, we're live on the radio with, of course, the Liberty Roundtable live radio show. And um, we're going to be live tomorrow as well. We're doing several interviews outside of the live times that we'll be playing back while we're traveling back on Monday. Uh, So that stay tuned for that just because even though we're not live, it'll be fresh content from the conference. So understand that that's totally available just for you as well. 
Now, we got a bunch of breakout events today that I want to let you know about. This afternoon, it'll be 110, 210, 310, I think, of the times. And I mention that because if you're watching the stream, you can still, um, I guess, get some of the breakout sessions from what I understand. Uh, but the, the uh, sessions with Loving Liberty Ladies will be speaking, uh, telling you about their curriculum and kind of what their whole uh, positioning is. Great stuff. Learning to proclaim liberty from the Loving Liberty Ladies, LovingLiberty.net. After that, will be Sheriff Richard Mack, and he'll be speaking on the breakout stage. And he'll be talking about the greatest Tenth Amendment decision ever rendered in American history, how he beat Bill Clinton at the Supreme Court and more, and just what that decision really means. It talks about dual sovereignty. That decision was rendered, and the majority decision or opinion was written by Antonin Scalia, uh, who has some great phrases and great reality checks in modern day to help chain down the government with the Constitution. So that's pretty nifty as well, if you ask my opinion. Um, anyway, there's so much to cover, but that will be happening, I think, at 2.10 is that time. Um, let's see. What else? I'm trying to think. Uh, after that, then, will be the, the sheriff panel breakout. And it'll really be a moderator. Brad Rogers will be the moderator, former sheriff of Elkhart County, uh, Indiana. Uh, and he'll be then speaking and moderating to four current sitting sheriffs. That's right, four current sitting sheriffs. Bob Songer's one of them. Sheriff uh, uh, Scott Williams is another one of them. So Bob Songer, Scott Williams. You've got Dar Leaf, who's a Michigan sheriff. Currently don't have the county uh, at my fingertips. Um Anyway, then Randy Hargrove will be the fourth sitting sheriff. So two sheriffs from Texas, Williams and Hargrove. And then Darleaf uh, and Bob Songer. Uh, so from Michigan and uh, where's Dar's from? I think it's Oregon. Uh, anyway, uh, not Dar. I'm sorry. Bob, Bob Songer, Oregon, I think. Anyway, just doing a great job. You have four sitting sheriffs answering questions about all kind of things, right? Uh, about the Second Amendment what we ought to do, how we preserve it, etc. cetera. Uh, talking about some of these lockdowns of businesses and everything else that are taking place. How does the sheriff handle it? What can the people do? Um, and we really want to help people understand they need to work with their sheriffs. They need to, um, that's the whole point of the Constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Officers Association is to say, we want to work with our sheriffs, man. We want to spend time with them. We want to have a partnership with them. They're your most local elected official, if you will. You say, well, my city council member is, Sam. Uh, I don't know about that. Because remember, in your city council or your county commissioner, there's two or three or four. There might be five people to represent your town, your city, your county, your area, or three people or whatever else with a mayor and a city manager. And there's a lot of people involved there. But when it comes to the executive branch of a county, that is the sheriff alone. Now, he hires deputies and people that work for him on his staff, but he is the, in my opinion, the highest ranking local official. Now, yesterday, as we highlighted in the article against us in the Florida uh, Today, um, I don't know what you call it, RAG article, they lie about us. They say that we claim that we're above the law or that we can do whatever we want to uh, as sheriffs or whatever. We've never said any such things. They're being dishonest. They're not telling the truth. They're really not telling the truth at all. And it's a shame. It really is. It's a shame because they misrepresent who we are. They misrepresent what we stand for. Uh, and the sad part is, are they misrepresenting that on purpose? 
or because they're really that ignorant. I don't know which, but the damage is just as brutal regardless, right? It's really important to kind of think through all that stuff um, because I don't want people to think that we think we're above the law. We don't. In fact, we're the ones trying to use the supreme law as our guide. And what we're trying to focus on is the Constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Officers Association is this idea that, you know what, we're not above the law. In fact, we have an oath. We've sworn out to the supreme law. And that's what we want to uphold is the supreme law. And it doesn't cater to bureaucrats and professional do-gooders. It's not decided by the swamp. Okay, it's not decided by Supreme Court, you know, thugs in robes from yesteryear that have jettisoned uh, case precedent. Okay, the Supreme Court's not always right, ladies and gentlemen. Don't think they are. Remember, they're the ones back in the day that said black people can't marry white people or white people can't marry black people. That's how they got in the marriage game in the first place at the federal government, the general government level. They wanted to make sure that black and whites don't mix. There you go, right? Think about that for a minute. So government got in marriage because of racial issues. But I don't bring that up for any reason except to say, hey, the Supreme Court's not always right. The Supreme Court uh, isn't always right. Even the founders aren't always right. I mean, they're basically saying, what, an Indian's like three-fifths of a person kind of a stuff, right? All right, let's go back to the core. The core is that we are sons and daughters of God Almighty with inalienable rights, not to be trampled on, not to be violated. And the only purpose for government is to prevent abuses of individuals. Because if I'm not abused by anybody, I don't need government. Right? The whole goal of government is to create a level playing field. The whole goal of government is to honor contracts. The whole purpose of government is to make sure I don't have to sit on my porch with a gun on my knees, right? Doing it myself. That's how the sheriff was born in the first place. But I digress except to say that the sheriff is probably one of the most authoritative local elected officials you have or should have at least direct contact to. And you need to know all your local servants. From the sheriff on down, you need to know their name. You need to have their phone number at your ready. And they need to know your name as a polite, hardworking, diligent, fearless, but humble American. That's what they need to know you as. And if you go over the top and you forget about the how to win friends and influence people idea, you know what? Then you're on the wrong side. Your influence isn't going to be very good. But if you can learn to make friends out of these people, if you can learn to say, look, here's what we want. Here's what we need. Here's what we expect. And we're going to be consistent about it. And if you'll do it, great. If not, we'll find somebody else who will. We need that kind of backbone. We need that kind of stability. We need that kind of consistency brought to the table of ideas, to the table of discussion. We need that kind of genuine effort consistently applied day in and day out by enough people to matter. See, a lot of people believe it's all about the dollars. I think dollars are important, but I believe it's more about the people. The greater numbers of the American people who are consistently standing together, even though they may oftentimes be a tiny portion of the population from sheer numbers or percentages. If you get a few people that stand together and they're consistent and relentless and they don't run out of energy or mojo. Now you got something you can count on, baby. I'm telling you that right now. I'm live, folks, from Freedom Fest, and I'm grateful to be on your radio. I'm grateful to meet all the wonderful people at this incredible event. FreedomFest.com to learn more. I am Sam Bushman. This is indeed Liberty Roundtable Live. Why don't we say to the government writ large that they have to spend a little bit less? Anybody ever had less money this year than you had last? Anybody better have a 1% pay cut? 
you deal with it. That's what government needs, a 1% pay cut. If you take a 1% pay cut across the board, you have more than enough money to actually pay for the disaster relief. But nobody's going to do that because they're fiscally irresponsible. Who are they? Republicans. Who are they? Democrats. Who are they? Virtually the whole body is careless and reckless with your money. So the money will not be offset by cuts anywhere. The money will be added to the debt, and there will be a day of reckoning. What's the day of reckoning? The day of reckoning may well be the collapse of the stock market. The day of reckoning may be the collapse of the dollar. When it comes, I can't tell you exactly, but I can tell you it has happened repeatedly in history when countries ruin their currency. You know where the solution can be found, Mr. President? In churches, in wedding chapels, in maternity wards across the country and around the world. More babies will mean forward-looking adults, the sort we need to tackle long-term, large-scale problems. American babies in particular are likely going to be wealthier, better educated, and more conservation-minded than children raised in still industrializing countries. As economist Tyler Cowen recently wrote, quote, by having more children, you're making your nation more populous, thus boosting its capacity to solve climate change. The planet does not need for us to think globally and act locally so much as it needs us to think family and act personally. The solution to so many of our problems, at all times and in all places, is to fall in love, get married, and have some kids. I want to dedicate this song to Mr. Rupert Murdoch. My friend. Hello. You're live on the radio, buddy. How are you? Well, fine. Uh, I understand you guys have got uh, quite a series of events going on there that probably maybe you've already explained them all to your listeners. Uh, but uh, is there anything exciting I need to know about? Yes, there is. There's a bunch of exciting things you should know about. Number one, we're telling the tale of liberty all across Freedom Fest. And uh, there's a, we're live from the road. Everybody's on the road with us, even our normal studio. We built the studio, and we're on the road with our on-the-road studio, even. And we're oh, live from Freedom Fest. We're on battery power, and the world's just great. But there's a bunch of headlines I want to run by you and get your take, Dr. Bradley. Most of them have to do with vaccinations. We're gaining more and more knowledge about the abuse that we've taken and the experiences that we've had. We knew from the start, but more evidence comes to play. Here it is. 49 fully vaccinated New Jersey residents have now died from the COVID-19. So they're running around telling you if you're vaccinated, your world's all good and safe. The vaccine's safe, but they lie. That's headline number one. Headline number two, vaccine antibodies may start to fall six weeks after the second shot, says a new UK study. So now they're going to be pushing for a third jab. Uh, who knows? Maybe a fourth jab. Maybe you'll just have to have a yearly jab. Who knows? But they're, they're gearing up right now for that stage to be set. The next headline says America's frontline doctors filed a motion on July the 19th, so just a couple of days ago, seeking an immediate injunctive relief to stop the emergency use authorization for vaccines for three groups 
of Americans. That is, those who are under the age of 18, so all children or minors. Anybody who is already received or had COVID-19, I say, or I should say. Um, and then anybody who, what do you call this? Anybody who has not had conform, er, informed consent is kind of the idea. Yeah, that's everybody. That's um, everybody. It could be everybody, right? Because <laughs> you got to debate now what that consent means. If you're not told the truth, do you have consent, right, is the point. Um, anyway, they say that the, they filed this, this emergency declaration in uh, the Alabama courts. They say that these multiple renewals are illegal. Anyway, there's a complaint PDF about it and everything else. Um, also, a U.K. party conference. They call it a U.K. conservative MPS threatened a boycott party conference Conference uh, if vaccines are required. So people are now starting to even boycott places if vaccines are mandated. Rand Paul now intends to pursue criminal charges, a criminal referral against Fauci. So there's your kind of... Uh, Headlines in the vaccine world, Doctor. You want to respond to that? Well, you know the the uh, the mainstream lame brain media uh, march goes on. The beat goes on, as the old song talks about. Uh, there is absolutely nothing whatsoever that would inform any Americans that are looking anywhere but that lame brain source about these kinds of problems. I mean. Um, and, and every single thing that's happening in that lame brain media is a full speed ahead, in fact, expanding the operation, uh, dry, dropping it to children, young children. I mean, the foolishness of this, the, the warp speed uh, you know, approach to this thing is amazing. Um, everything that's, that's out there has a full stop warning on it. But it's not coming out in the lame brain media. And when you look at that Fauci thing, for example, that's the last thing you mentioned. Um, if you haven't seen that exchange between Rand and Fauci on the committee uh, hearing, that is one of the most bizarre. Fauci is arguing over what the meaning of the word is is. I mean, it, it's a throwback to the Bill Clinton days and the Monica Lewinsky stuff when the lie-through-your-teeth approach to things in a public setting under a camera, under oath, is all fully before the American people. The idea that uh, Senator uh, Paul was trying to get to was the uh, idea of, of uh, enhanced, enhancing uh, different viruses, and this being one, to kind of make them more deadly. And, and Fauci totally denied it, said Rand Paul was lying, the definition put out by the CDC is the exact definition of what they were doing. And I think that uh, criminal charges should be pursued against uh, Anthony Fauci. Of course, I think crimes against humanity should be pursued. But, but the fact of the matter is you are not hearing any of these things unless you're listening uh, with a, a hearing heart and, and mind to these other sources, such as yourself, on these kinds of things. And you bring a lot of the stories to the forefront. But, but there is nothing, there is nothing about this that they would hear on the evening news. And um, I, th I think th that the effort is going to accelerate, not diminish, accelerate to facilitate more vaccinations. You look at what's happening with Macron in France. I don't know if you saw what he did. 
He has double down on. Oh yeah, everything. this guy's a thug extraordinaire. He's out of control. He's a globalist. Uh, he, he's a, 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 a well, I was going to say a Fauci, but there we go. Uh, double, <laughs> doubling down on that name. But he's uh, Joseph Mengels. I mean, these people are absolutely uh, complicit on this effort against humanity. And and so it's it's being heard at the highest levels. Uh, if you look at the global reset, for example, uh, that the people out of Davos, the uh, uh, World Economic Forum, they are absolutely using this as an opportunity to completely reset all social, economic, all uh, societal uh, mores, everything with this, destroying private property, uh, destroying our constitution, taking over as a government of the world. And and I, I, oddly enough, I just went through their sponsors and partners on this, and I am utterly shocked at people from our local state that are considered to be absolute partners in this thing. And that's why we're not getting anything anything but this uh, uh, narrative. It's not a narrative. I keep saying that. It's not a storyline. It is a script that has been fostered completely from the highest levels of this government to the highest levels of government around the nations of the world. And, uh, and, and you bring out things that should be trumpeted from every rooftop, and yet nobody, unless you're kind of in this circle that listens to these things from, from alternative sources, nobody's hearing it. Absolutely none. And they're doubling down. The, the Delta variant is considered... Oh, my goodness, it's going to infect more people. They told us that from the very beginning with this other thing back in March. It, it's more virulent. It's more easily uh, caught. It's it's more deadly. It's that story all over. Yeah, but they're lying on that front because, yes, it might be more spreadable, but that means it's usually less deadly. The more a virus spreads, oftentimes it loses its mojo uh, as it gains spreadability uh, as well. And they're lying about that. Now they're literally saying on the news, oh, you might get the cocoa, but it will be mild. Well, that's kind of some truth a little bit, but they're mixing this all up, creating fear everywhere. And that's really rather criminality because the truth uh, is not in them or not with them. I want you to respond also to this vaccine antibodies thing. They're saying that the antibodies might go away in like six weeks. And that's not a very good track record there, but that's not very long. Well, you know, who knows? I'm not a physician and, and nobody ha- nobody knows. And I'll tell you why, because they haven't done any tests. There's no verification of anything on this. There is no science. It was slam dunked without any of the normal uh, stop gates, if you will, that tested all these things. And they're running it through at cyclonic speed. I mean, it's like a cyclone going through everything. And the the fact of the matter is they're expanding it now into the children. And they're, pre- they're pressing for uh, FDA approval, not just emergency use stuff they're looking for full approval and right now the track record is such that if the truth were known well back in 1976 when they had 56 deaths from the uh, vaccine that Gerald Ford was pushing they shut it down they said no the risk far exceeds the reward on this thing and that's when they actually cared about life well I don't know if they really cared I mean we cared we care now but the fact of the matter is, when it started to be become general knowledge that there were deaths occurring, I mean, that doesn't have anything to do with the, with the neuromuscular problems and the heart problems and the pulmonary problems and the stroke problems and the blood problems and the fertility problems. And it just doesn't I mean, end, it does goes, it? It goes on and on and on and on and on. 
Heard and that. Nobody is nobody in the lame brain media is reporting this, and uh, the whores. Uh, dang it! I shouldn't have used that word. The the harlots. I guess I should say <laughs> the scriptures use that. The harlots that are proposing this stuff as the talking heads across America. These perfectly quaffed individuals with their hairdos. And they're talking heads. They need to be criminally prosecuted. I'll tell you that right now. Dr. Bradley, stay there. we got a guest coming up, but I want Dr. Bradley to interview this guest with me. We'll do it in seconds. Meanwhile, I don't know if you know this, but rock star Eric Clampton will not play forced vaccine venues. Good on Eric Clampton. Hang tight. Your daily Liberty Newswire. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pry. The Taliban say they do not want to control power, but they demand that there won't be peace in Afghanistan until there's a new government in Kabul and President Ghani is removed. General Mark Miley of the United States reported this week the Taliban have strategic momentum and he did not rule out a complete Taliban takeover. The United States House of Representatives voted overwhelmingly on Thursday to authorize 8,000 additional special visas for Afghans who served the United States during the occupation of Afghanistan that has recently ended. All students and school staff in the cities of Atlanta, Georgia, and Chicago, Illinois will be required to wear masks upon return to the classroom this fall, regardless of vaccination status, state officials said Thursday. New York Jets assistant coach Greg Knapp has died after being struck by a car while riding a bicycle in California over the weekend. He was 58. Knapp played quarterback for four years at Sacramento State in California. USA Radio News. Deb's constipation with belly pain, discomfort, and bloating kept giving her grief. She talked to her doctor to get some relief. Turns out Deb had irritable bowel syndrome with constipation or IBSC, which was a start. Saying yes to Linzess helped her do her part. Linzess or linaclotide is a prescription medicine that treats IBSC in adults. Linzess works differently than laxatives. It lets you have more frequent and complete bowel movements and helps relieve overall abdominal symptoms, belly pain, discomfort, and bloating. These symptoms were studied in combination, not individually. Do not give Linzess to children less than six and it should not be given to children 6 to less than 18. It may harm them. Do not take Linzess if you have a bowel blockage. Get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stools. The most common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, stop taking Linzess and call your doctor right away. Other side effects include gas, stomach area pain, and swelling. There could be more to your story with IBSC. Talk to a doctor today. Say yes to Linzess. Learn more at Linzess.com or call 1-800-L-I-N-Z-E-S-S. Sponsored by Avian Ironwood Pharmaceuticals. During an open commission meeting Wednesday, the Federal Trade Commission voted unanimously to enforce laws around the right to repair, thereby ensuring U.S. consumers will be able to repair their own failed products. The Magnuson Moss Warranty Act will prevent companies from restricting repair options for consumers. The National Football League has severe COVID consequences. Tim Berg reports. The NFL has laid out its strongest incentives yet for players to get the vaccine. According to a memo shared by NFL Network's Tom Pellicero, the league has mandated that a game cannot be rescheduled due to a COVID-19 outbreak among unvaccinated players and that a team will be forced to forfeit, resulting in a loss for playoff seating. The memo also says the league intends to play all of its games within the scheduled 18-week period and a 19th week will not be added to the schedule under any circumstances, an idea that was floated in 2020 amid numerous outbreaks. USA Radio News.
All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Sam Bushman on your radio. Our next guest, Hara Taysher. Awakeandbold.com is the website. Awake and bold, just like it sounds. Awakeandbold.com. And it's a platform championing those coming together in collaborative action for social justice. Our goal is to tackle difficult issues and have tough conversations. We need to work together with a call to action is the idea, is the point. Okay, the goal is to merge social justice networking and business networking together at all the events. They want to have a mindset that, you know what? Together, we're greater. There's power in numbers and collaboration is the point. We want to change how nonprofit events are accomplished and carried out. The call to action is where we join forces and make a big difference. And five, because of collaboration, business leaders can come alongside nonprofits and we can work together. Uh, usually those groups don't mm, spend a lot of time together. It's kind of like the religious community and the secular community. Uh, hey, they might be, you know, hey, good, good riddance, but they don't spend much time together. That they want to change. I get it. That's great. Welcome to the broadcast, ma'am. Thank you. Is that summary fair? It's good. Pretty good. All right. Yeah. Tell me what I'm missing. No, I think you covered all the bases. I mean, let's, let's get into it. All right. So it's really about child trafficking, sex trafficking, and the abuse people experience around the world, right? Yeah, well, you, you, when you started out, you talked about what we say on our website, that we champion um, social justice issues. And that's true, but when we really looked at it, we thought about all the different things that are out there, and we realized that the child trafficking thing is the foremost thing that we should be paying attention to. So that is our platform. We will talk about other things down the road, but right now we're talking about what's going on with the kids. It's vital what's going on. It is a huge problem, bigger than anybody could possibly imagine uh, and it's not a new problem it's a problem that's been around forever right right and the thing is it's been around forever so here's a couple thoughts on that it's like when I was growing up I would see the milk cartons with the kids the missing kids on yes. it and I never thought like oh my god there's something terrible going on here I just thought oh I shame for that and I just went shopping with my mother and I'm just saying, like, I mean, I'm just saying that that's how people live their lives. They live their lives, and we've lived in a very incubated world. Yeah, we're sheltered, no doubt sheltered. about it. Sheltered. We didn't know what was going on. So, yeah. So, it's a, you know, it's a dicey sword because I think there's a, this is an opportunity for people to actually know how bad it is. It's going on everywhere. And that's why it's awakenbold.com because it's first get awake, understand what kind of a problem this is, and then bold is the part where we start to take action and do something about it, right? Yeah, you just can't sit by and be a casual observer anymore because the world is in a really, really bad situation. And there are so many things that I've learned about what's happening with the kids that I'm sure most of America doesn't have a clue about. So we want to wake people up and let them know. And it's a, it's a tough conversation. There you have it. Now, you see me in front of you, but there's another person on the radio as well. His name is Dr. Scott Bradley. Doctor, we're talking about literal sex trafficking, human trafficking, really slavery, etc. around the world. The abuse has got to be exposed and stopped. Do you want to chime in here, sir? Well, sure. I mean, it's, it's a horrifically difficult topic, and it's one that must be uh, basically addressed because even in my own little community, which when... When I first moved into the little community, it was a little farming town, basically. 
and an individual that has been a school counselor and uh, employee of the school district for many years just this week was arrested with horrific, I mean, thousands of child pornographic uh, images on his technology. And, and so this comes even to the very heart of America. Right. But, but I'll ask your guest for just a moment, Sam. Um, see, my age category, uh, I, I, <coughs> I remember back to the Ted Bundys of the world. And Ted Bundy was a, a mass murderer that uh, stalked young women and murdered them. And, and uh, we even had one of our friend's family's daughter was, was uh, uh, killed by him. But, th- but one of the interviews he did one time just prior to his uh, execution, he likened it or hearkened back to pornography. And I'm wondering if you guys have, have got something you could talk about that to say this, this problem that seems to be a cancer that's destroying America from the inside out and, and, and maybe the linkages between that and this problem with, with child uh, molestations and, and abuse and everything like that. Is there, is there anything you, that you could maybe enlighten us on about that? So I think, for me, uh, the, the root cause of where we're at right now is pornography. So that's it. I mean, people start watching pornography, and then after a while it doesn't become, it's not enough. And so you have to go to the next level, and then the next level. And so that's really how it's, uh, that's like the, the root cause of all this. It's just a continual, um, you know, satisfaction that, that needs another level to go to. I don't know if that answers It's escalation. You. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's yeah. an escalation process, and right. the process, it never has a happy ending because right. it becomes more violent, more vile, more debased and and uh, it, it is something that I, I really do fear the, the the very core of America is being cut out because everything virtuous lovely of good reported praiseworthy that we might have found the goodness of America in is at risk here on this thing and it's, it's like uh, a freight train dr. Bradley too though these addictions is. start to just to get a rolling and once it gets a rolling yeah. you know and it crushes everything in its weight to the point where it's just devastating everywhere and it's almost unstoppable once it gets a rolling well the thing is also that you know it used to be like okay so people watch pornography then they went to the next level and then the next level then they started having sex with let, let's say uh you know teenagers now the age of what what, what they're abusing men uh, boys and girls it starts at four years old they're abusing children that are four years old and and that's where you see like i mean it's 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 so, so vile now, so vile. You know, it's interesting. Uh, Doctor, go ahead. Sam, just a, a second. There's sure. this Alfred Kinsey studies that were complete, absolute, unequivocal, diabolical. I don't know how many more phraseologies <laughs> I can say on this thing. Yeah. But, but honestly, they, they were a fabrication of a perverse pedophile and his cohorts at a university level done at a, uh, with, under the guise of academic studies, you know. And that came into America at a time when I was young and became kind of the, the gold standard, if you will, of sexuality. And it was based upon perversion that actually literally uh, has, has grown through America. You get guys like Hugh Hefner, and, and I can't remember the guy's name that did the Hustler magazine and everything. But, but it has been, it started off with a very kind of a soft lens, if you will, and right. literally so. Right. But the fact of the matter is that uh, the... Uh, uh, 
America has been kind of caught in this web and this net for the last 70 plus years. And, uh, and, and now it's time to do something. Do you guys have something that, I mean, here's the problem I've got in my mind. I see a lot of these groups that come in and they, they claim that they're trying to save the children. Right. Well, they take them out of the clutches of some bad guy. It, bringing those kids back into society, I mean, and, and saving them, I mean, this is a long-term, hardcore, right. this is something that's got to be addressed. Well, that's absolutely right. And I would say that, look, you know, this is a huge problem. I mean, this is a crisis. And there's not one solution. There are have many, many, many people that are coming up with some kind of uh, solution to this. So we have one of the people that's going to be at our, one of the foundations that will be at our August event. They are doing, um, they're going to old hotels and schools and getting the funding to turn them into housing. There they will have uh, rehabilitation for these people. So it's not like, you know, get, the, get these kids off the street and send them back to someplace else where they back on the street again, or exactly. that they don't have the mindset to be able to stay off the street. So there's a whole rehabilitation thing that has to happen, and, and that's that's not an easy thing, and that's not one foundation that's going to be able to do it, because there's so many levels of why people get trafficked. And there, it's an expensive proposition to do that long-term yeah. care and love and support that they need, right? Right, for sure. Do you have any statistics in regards to... I mean, I don't know if you say how many child, how many children are molested every year. I don't know if it's how many are actually in child slavery. I don't know if it's how many uh, you save every. I mean, there's uh, put some metrics to this thing. That I we mean, can I, say, I don't know that. I don't. Cow. I don't know that. <laughs> I, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you something that should shock everybody that's listening. And 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 go to DuckDuckGo, not Google, to see where you can find your information. But there have been one billion children gone missing worldwide worldwide somebody was telling me yesterday that in in the united states alone i think last year eight hundred thousand kids have gone missing let me just uh, uh, kind of segue into this. Sam, I'm sorry to be and that's such a, a revolving do- that's this, a revolving door, by the way, that continues. Though you're just talking about one uh, start and end date of time. This is going on over and over and over too. Let's be clear about that. When we come back, Doctor Bradley, you can finish uh, on this comment. You're going a great direction. I love it. We'll keep it up. I wanted to talk about uh, part of the problem with this is the politicians and the rich class, whatever you want to call it, the elites of the world. And they seem to. Uh, expose this from time to time for political purposes, but what they really do is bury it and carry it. They bury it underground so we don't know about it, but they carry it on generationally. We'll talk about that, too, coming up with Dr. Bradley on your radio. Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit legal foundation committed to protecting our unalienable right to publicly acknowledge God. The Foundation for Moral Law exists to restore the knowledge of God in law and government and to acknowledge and defend the truth that man is endowed with rights not by our fellow man, but by God. The foundation maintains a twofold focus. First, litigation within state and federal courts. Second, education conducting seminars to teach the necessity and importance of acknowledging God in law and government. How can you help? Please make a tax-deductible contribution, allowing Foundation attorneys to continue the fight. You may also purchase various Foundation products as well at morallaw.org. Located in Montgomery, Alabama, the Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit, tax-exempt 501c3. Founded by Judge Roy Moore, please partner with us to achieve this important mission. morallaw.org. 
the spirit of the American West is live and well in Range Magazine, the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues affecting the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today, and gift ideas like the 2021 Real Buckaroo Calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. Well, my mom smokes and my dad smokes, and I saw them smoking, so I tried it. They're telling me not to smoke, but they smoke themselves. When it comes to smoking, are you sending mixed signals? But when you teach someone a certain way to do things, and you go back on that certain way, it sends mixed signals to the person that they're trying to teach. The parents need to be the example. Smoking. If you think you're old enough to start, you're smart enough to stop. A public service message from this station and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. All right, ladies and gentlemen, the website, awakenbold.com. Our guest live from Freedom Fest, Hara Tasher with us. Dr. Bradley's in the house as well on your radio. We're talking about sex trafficking and abuse. It's going on everywhere. It's escalating everywhere. It's out of control and needs to stop. Doctor, continue. Well, Cara, I, I, this is so disturbing in so many ways, but uh, when we were all distracted with this fake narrative that's been going on for a year and a half, UNICEF, this uh, you know UN Children's Fund group, came out with a with a program that's that's absolutely, in my opinion, off the rails and in the weeds and everything else like that. It's saying there's no conclusive evidence that children exposed to pornography are harmed. They say that uh, they've got a program where there's child or no no age appropriate pornography for children. They're using it in reproductive educational processes. This thing is, we're, what we're talking about is addicting children to crack cocaine at a younger and younger age. And, and you know where this crack cocaine thing has had a happily ever after ending or, you know, any of these opioid drugs or whatever. We are finding ourselves pulled into a vortex of destruction. And I'm wondering, have you guys, have you guys looked at what this, this international organization is doing and how they're using pornography to, for age-appropriate uh, reproductive services for children. It's like, holy yeah, what it really cow, is is satanic is grooming, but we'll let her continue. It, what do you is. say? I think, okay. I, I think satanic grooming is, is really what it's about, but I think it's more than that. I think it's, there's not just one group. I think there's so much, um, misinformation and, and look, you know, the bad guys are controlling this whole thing. So there's so many different, uh, lanes, how this comes to kids. I mean, it's it's not only that, it's just uh, it's just in our world. I mean, they're trying to, to make a pedophilia uh, a, a class of, uh, of sexual orientation. So, I mean, when you see the people that are in control of how this is all coming out to the public, and they, you know, they listen to the media and they are so brainwashed by that, I mean, it's kind of like slips underneath the radar. You know, Kara, it, there's for many decades now. There's been a the North American Man Boy Love Association, NABLA, right. yeah. has been trying to reduce the age of consent right. to I don't know where they're at now, six or eight or something right. like that. But the fact of the matter is, it truly is this pedophilia thing is being mainstreamed right. and put out as common and normal. It might be common, but it's 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 something that's you know the under the the ugly underbelly of the beast, you know. 
but but the, but uh, these people that are bringing this forward bring it forward a slice at a time. It's kind of like the way Gramsci brought forth communism. He exactly. wanted a little slice at a time until finally, oh oh, we got full blown communism. But, but that's how that's they do it. Where America that's is. how they yeah. do it. I mean, look. I mean, this is not one group. This is a well-oiled machine that is going on so many levels oh my god i mean you really we could spend hours talking about all those that are feeding into this horrible horrible crisis so yeah and i want to mention that it's you know it's the politicians and the elite classes of the world the people with big money uh, that are behind this and whenever something kind of comes up for example the me too movement you know they busted out and spoke out about it for about you know a couple weeks couple months whatever and now i don't hear anything about me too which is very strange uh, but yet certain people have been prosecuted to make kind of examples out of them but for the most part right. all they do whenever this comes up is bury it underground again let it go hey we got to the bottom got rid of a bad guy here or there to make you feel like it's being addressed uh, but what they really do is they bury it but they carry it on they bury it and carry it they carry it forward generationally and it's and it's exploding and getting bigger and surprisingly enough, um, some of the biggest politicians, some of the biggest professional celebrities and everything else, they're the ones that are at the helm of it, right? I mean, if you want to talk about the levels of what's happening with child trafficking and what's happening once they get the children and what they do with the children, that's a whole other show. I mean, that's a horror show in itself. I mean, the, the Hollywood people, what they're doing with the kids, I mean... It's uh, that's a sad story to get into. Well, and there's a lot of signs that your teen or your young one is being groomed by sex traffickers. There's things that we can learn to watch out for, right? Well, definitely. Like we have a, our August uh, 12th. Well, so we have an event coming up on August 12th in Asheville, but we're going to go state to state until every And that's Asheville, South Carolina? Uh, North Carolina. Or North, I'm sorry. Yeah. Asheville, North Carolina. Go ahead. Yeah. And so we have a Basil Baz. He is uh, from ARC, which is the Association for the Rescue of Children. We have the Vets for Child Rescue. And they have classes. They have certifications where they teach people what to look for, how to look. And it's not, it's not a simple thing. This whole child, first of all, child trafficking is a $68 billion industry. It's more than the drug industry. You got people that are, I mean, you know, so you have to really be knowing that these guys, when they come to get your kid, there's a bunch of them that are part of this sting operation. And so it's very diabolical. And it really needs to be looked at from the level of how they kind of infiltrate playgrounds or schools or things like that. So... And it's important to understand some of the warning signs. You know, number one are gifts, new clothes, things like that. Number two, a bunch of new friends. It's great to have new friends, but if all of a sudden they're spending a lot of time with new people that you don't know instantly, right. hey, that's a concern. It's also right. a big concern, unexpected absences. Normally you'd kind of worry where somebody is, but it's like, oh, no, they're with their new buddies. Don't worry about it. It's all good. Beware. Beware. Um, change in behavior. You know what? They have a change in behavior. If you notice that people have become withdrawn, angry, stressed, changes in sleeping and eating patterns, etc. You got to kind of be aware of that kind of stuff. Um, you got to be careful, not just chucking up the teenage hormones. You got to kind of dig in. One of the best ways is to know where your children are at all times. But there's also uh, parents that sell their children. I mean, this is a big business. I'm, it's, it, it runs the gamut of the, uh, you know, this, this is, it's, like I said, the drug industry is second to the child trafficking. Little babies go for $300,000. So you see people giving up their kids. I mean, go to DuckDuckGo and check it out because you're not going to find this information on Google, but there's a lot of it.
And that's really the whole thing is for us, it's really important to educate people that this is going on and to the level that it's going on, just being at the Freedom Fest and talking to people. There's some people that resonate with this 100% and come and they want to chime in and they have their, their, their stories. But there are other people that look at you and they say, oh, that's not possible. How could that go on here in America? And that's a sad, sad story. We're at the Freedom Fest thinking that people are uh, awake on all this. But if that's, a, if that's any idea of how the um, uh, America is, we got a lot of work to do. Yes, we do. So give me an idea of what you guys are actually doing day to day, how people can help. Yeah, so, what, so I, I was mentioning ARC, which is the Association for the Retired, uh, not for the Rescue of Children. And, like, they do some very dangerous missions. Go check them out. Um, so what we were, were looking for them, they, they need airplanes. They need, uh, you know, housing. They need vehicles to pick up the kids and get them going. That, that's really what it, it's about. Speaking on the air and getting people just to learn about what's going on is really a major portion of what we do is just educating people because once people know once people see when you see something you can't unsee it and if you can't unsee it then there's a moment where you have an opportunity to do something about it so we're we're just rallying people together so that they can see pieces of what's going on it's a difficult subject nobody wants to see some of the pictures and some of the things some of these guys that are pulling these kids out of the, the domes i mean nobody really wants to see it but on some level we have to be able to expose people that it's going on everywhere i live in Asheville, north carolina and uh, a friend of mine was at a, a restaurant a very well-known restaurant downtown and it was during the covid where you couldn't go in so they're waiting outside and they happened to look up and they saw a, a satanic symbol uh, on the you know, on the uh, the facade of the of the restaurant and, and and did a lot of research on it and that's what people need to do they need to be paying attention do research and found out and really found out that that restaurant was the beginning of the underground tunnels that went from there to the Vance monument all the way up to the Biltmore estate and like you know I mean so I'm just saying like we live in a town we think it's all good and but it's going on right where we are right where we are and it's going on probably and people like maybe in the house next to you or on your lane maybe have some aspect of this trafficking going on on your block in your city in america hera it's a serious problem indeed dr bradley what do you i'm sorry hera it's a serious problem indeed there's no doubt about it dr bradley what what do you think it starts with awareness she's right about that but at some point you got to go beyond awareness and take action dr bradley and then hera well obviously and there's so much more that could obviously be said but i i'm worried too about the institutionalization of many of these things i mean it's not just a back alley kind of thing where you know in some slum uh, there this is going on I, this thing I brought up earlier about these people, they find places to become embedded where they have access to children, and they're in schools, and, and they're in uh, clubs. And uh, it's one of those things where the awareness needs to be uh, something that parents and, and loved ones, grandparents certainly, all should be looking for this kind of stuff constantly because to say, oh, yeah, they're at school, it's good. Yeah, mm -hmm. just like this guy that just got arrested in our little community that had right. this stuff. So right. institutionalization of this stuff is going on. It isn't just in Colombia. America right. has right. A, a major issue, okay? Right. It's worldwide. So, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. 
I mean, I would just say about the action, you're talking about that. Look, uh, Awake and Bold is, we're a platform, we bring people together. We're talking about, like, this this, this nonprofit is raising money for this aspect, and this one's for that. We're bringing everybody together because this is a serious issue, and people will pay attention once we... you know, we come together like that. But the action is is for us to bring the education to people and bring them together with people that have their solution, their piece of the puzzle, and let people see what resonates with them. Because we putting on we're putting on events so that people can be exposed to that. We're presenting them with people who have solutions. And if people, you know what I mean. You, you, this is a time when people have to take action. And and we have to motivate motivate people to know that this is the moment in time. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to push for awareness on human trafficking. Amen. And then to take action to prevent and stop it. I say stop it once it's happening, prevent it from ever happening in the first place, and knowing that pornography is the gateway drug. There you go. And then knowing that it happens everywhere you may be. You think it's not in your little town, you're wrong. You think it's not in your church, you're wrong. You think it's not in your school, you're wrong. And I don't mean to be offensive with those statements. I want to be real about those statements and let you know that, you know what, you might think that in your naivete. You might think that, and I pray that you're right. But I'm telling you from experience and learning about this subject and talking about it with many, many people, you're wrong. And you've got to look for it everywhere. And as you start to see the signs, as you start to become aware, as you start to take action, uh, then you can start to root it out. That's where it all starts. Amen. Hera, any final word to you? I, you know, like just when you're talking, like I know so many people who have been molested by their pastors. I mean, it's just unbelievable. We could go on and on. I mean, it's just what you just said is the is the, the icing and the cake. What you just said, you got to know about it. You got to believe. You got to know we're in a time in this world where you, it's it's stand up, stand up for what you believe. I mean, people may uh, go for some political corruption. They may think, oh, that's okay. Oh, they're laundering money. But when it comes to children, people have to stop and say, these, this is our future. Are you kidding me? This is the moment in time when we all wake up and say, no more, not in our house. Ladies and gentlemen, the sons and daughters of God are in the crosshairs by satanic forces. It's up to you and I to be their caregivers, to be their watchmen in the tower, if you will, men and women, to say, hey, we're not going to tolerate this stuff. We're going to educate ourselves. It's a hard conversation. There's no doubt about it. But ladies and gentlemen, we've got to push for awareness and action on these critical topics. This trafficking of any kind, whether it be sexual or human or slaves or physical, or it's all got to stop. And it starts with you and I. Thank you so much, man. We appreciate your time. Thank you. Dr. Bradley, you got 10 seconds. I don't know. We're in, a, we're in a hinge point in America, and we've got to return to the foundation, and that's God Almighty, and have him at the center of our lives. For Hera, Dr. Scott Bradley, and Sam Bushman, we declare this nation shall endure. God save the Republic of the United States of America. Go to lovingliberty.net and find out how to have dinner with us tonight, will you? Hey, thanks. Atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Radio Show. Talk Show. All right, happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard hitting talk absolutely continues now. 
This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for, what is it, July the 23rd in the year of our Lord, 2021. And our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, and to promote God, family, and country on your radio in the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, we ride for the brand. We promote all things moral, all things liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America is our guide. We reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. And best of all, we believe the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the founding fathers. What are the great peaceful restorative solutions we still have at our fingertips? Welcome to Liberty Roundtable Live. Day two was yesterday. Day three today of freedomfest.com. If you can't attend in person, <laughs> you're going to have FOMO, fear of missing out. We are here live. Incredible events happening all day long. But you can get the stream freedomfest.com and you can participate ah, from the convenience of your own home how do you like them apples uh, we had Andre Matei CEO of Robos Tools robostools.com is the website for that they say robotic tools creating a new power tool experience pretty neat technology there they're the global leader in digital power tools developing technology they say for a connected world by pushing the limits of what's possible so we checked that out. Hey, the drill reimagined, if you will. We also talked to Brian Rust, RustQuinnyGift.com. Honest Money Report. We broke that down just for you, as we always do every week on your radio. Inflation rockets to a 13-year high, says CNN. Current annual inflation for the 12 months ending uh, in May 2021 is 4.9%, ladies and gentlemen. Mike Lindell offering $5 million dollars to any cyber expert that can prove his voter fraud data false. You want $5 million? Start hacking, people. you got to go to his conference, he says, though, uh, in August. So check that out. We also talked about Rand Paul. I just exposed King Fossey for lying to the public, says Rand. Sends a letter to the Department of Justice requesting criminal charges. A criminal referral is what they're calling it right now. That'll be debatable. What's a referral versus charges? Come on, Rand. Let's get it done, buddy. Don't just make it sound good for political points. Let's get it done and sue him and toss that sucker in prison, shall we? Got to have due process first. But other than that, hey, let's see if he created victims. Oh, yeah. Victims everywhere. Carnage everywhere in the economy from whacked out Fauci's agenda, right? All right. That was hour one of Liberty Roundtable Live. Hour two yesterday, we had our guest on. Her name was Brianna Sagville. She's a journalist and a government strategist, Radio KLSM News, and uh, they're in Oregon. She did a great job. Interesting, her covering a lot of different uh, topics relating to Oregon and a lot of the scandals and what civil unrest taking place, right? Then we had our guest on, William F. Jasper, American journalist and author and senior editor at the New American Magazine, thenewamerican.com. We talk about tough talk, warm embrace. Biden, Wall Street, China. Why are we in bed with the communist Chinese is the question. Right. We also talked about constitutional sheriff Wayne Ivey says he's a patriot. Others say he's something more menacing. They're tracking the rise of constitutional sheriffs. They claim that it's a threat to democracy. Well, first off, you idiots, we don't have a democracy. Got it? We have a constitutional republic. Get used to it. Big difference. 
Lawmakers say they defend America. Anyway, it's in Florida today, which is a division of USA Today. Interesting article attacking Richard Mack and attacking all of us at the Constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Officers Association. They want you to believe that somehow we're violent, violent, that we're criminals, that we think we're above the law. They lie on every count, and they ought to be sued. Maybe our next guest ought to sue them for us. What do you think? All right, ladies and gentlemen, Mark J. Victor with us. He's also accompanied by Andrew Markentel. Uh, and they are with a group. They say they're the world's only real peace movement. Well, I hope there's more than just them. But you know what? Good for them. I believe in the peace movement. That's for sure. Liveandletlive.org is their website. They say radically pro-freedom, globally pro-peace. Attorneysforfreedom.com is their other website. Mark, welcome, sir. Thanks for having me, Sam. Wait, we got to turn your mic on. Flip your switch up, buddy. There you go. Thanks for having me, Sam. It's a pleasure to be on your show. You're very welcome. Your partner, Andrew, with us. Hi, Andrew. Good morning, Sam. Welcome, sir. All right, so are both of you guys attorneys? We are. Yeah, both of us are attorneys. I've been practicing for uh, almost 30 years now, and uh, our firm is a very hardcore pro-freedom activist law firm. Every attorney at our firm, in order to even be eligible to be hired, has to sign what we call the Live and Let Live Pledge. Live and Let Live Pledge, liveandletlive.com is where you find that, ladies and gentlemen. We'll dig into that in just a second. But i gotta, I got to kind of drill into the obvious, kind of weird stuff first. You guys are super into freedom, super libertarian, right? I guess you could describe us that way, yeah, I think sure. that's fair. Some would say you border on the anarchist movement, right? I don't see a difference, really, between the two movements. I, I think... agree, but this is anarchy defined as we don't believe government's the solution. We could do everything by private contract, not the anarchy that we're going to riot in the streets, right? Let's be clear about the definition, because they want to pervert that. Yeah, you know, I'm not a big fan of labels, Sam. I think that uh, there's a principle at the bottom of this. We call it the live and let live principle. It's really simple. Don't be an aggressor. Don't yeah. use force, fraud, coercion. Don't put other people at substantial risks of harm. If you do that, uh, we, we as, a, as a society, as a community, as a country, should do everything we can to stop you. If you don't do that, you should be left alone, whether we like it or not. Amen. What I always hear people say is this, don't hurt me, don't take my stuff. Yeah, fair way to say it. Another way to say it, sure. All right. Now, I got a question, though, because there's a, kind of an epiphany in this discussion, or a little bit of a contradiction here, right? I don't mean to be a contrarian, but I want to point this out. So you guys remember the bar, right? We are. How does that work for a libertarian? Just fine. No problem. Isn't the I mean, bar an international cabal that wants to just lock us down and make you work for the, for the, the beast, not for us? Well, to be fair about it, uh, this is one of the many things that I would change if I was king. Uh, I don't think there should be a union uh, called the bar that uh, allows people to uh, practice law or not practice law. So I'm not in favor of that. But then again, there are many things I'm not in favor of. Uh, that I would change. So this is uh, some of the things that we do, uh, given where we are right now, which is uh, not the perfectly free society that we want to get to. Andrew, what about the idea that, you know what, you can't really work for me if you have to pay allegiance to the bar. Is that fair? A lot of patriots say that. I'm not trying to trap you guys with it, but I think there's nobody better to answer that than you. These are fair questions, and, you know, I, I never felt constrained by the fact that I'm a member of the bar to try to push the bus in the right direction. What we're trying to do is take a society right now that isn't perfect and do everything that we can within our sphere of influence to make it right. And like Mark said, it's not the uh, ideal setup. Certainly, if we could change things, and we are working to change things. We're an activist law firm, as Mark mentioned, um, and we take cases and uh, do constitutional challenges and challenge statutory law and challenge ethics codes and challenge regulatory law to try to change these things in the right direction. 
attorneysforfreedom.com, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, and I want to talk a little bit about this then. You guys have done quite a bit of work for the Patriot Movement. You're really changing the landscape. Uh, it has a lot to do with, what do you say, how the world deals with this peace movement, this freedom movement, this um, idea that, you know what, we need to live and let live? Yeah, I think that um, we, as the freedom community, whether patriot crowd or libertarians or anarcho-capitalist or whatever you want to voluntarist, sovereign citizens, we've done a really bad job at communicating the fundamental principle that is underlying everything we're saying. What we, what we call the live and let live principle, what the libertarians uh, call the non-aggression principle, what John Stuart Mill called the harm principle, uh, what you called, hey, leave me alone, don't hurt me, don't take my stuff principle. It's all the same thing. It's you're in charge of you, and I'm in charge of me. I'm in charge of my body, my property, my money, my time. That's the thing that we have failed to communicate, because I think if we did communicate that properly, all reasonable people would agree with us. And uh, they don't right now because they don't understand what we're saying. Andrew, articulate the pledge for me, will you? What, what am I pledging to? What am I agreeing to when I say live and let live? Absolutely. So when we're talking about uh, live and let live, we're saying this is, uh, this is the first thing you should do is kind of separate in your mind the difference between the moral world and the legal world. So let me explain what that means. The legal world is when you violate uh, somebody else's rights. You uh, use force on them or coerce them or defraud them or maybe create a substantial risk of uh, all of the above. At any rate, you're violating somebody else's rights. Well, this is the legal world. This is what we think should be the legal rules, right? This is where if you violate that rule, if you violate somebody else's rights, there's going to be a formal consequence. There's going to be a formal sanction or punishment. That's the legal world. But then the moral world is something completely different. And the live and let live principle says if you don't violate uh, somebody else's rights in the ways described, uh, you may think it's wrong, you may think it's immoral, you may think it's uh, ill-advised, you may try to talk that person uh, out of that conduct, but you don't get to stop them from doing the conduct. It should be legal, even if you think it's immoral or even if you think that it's wrong. And separating those two is the first step of the live and let live principle. But another thing that um, that you're pledging to when you join the Live and Let Live movement is something that uh, the libertarians and many folks in the freedom crowd uh, tend to fall a bit short on, in our view. And that's we encourage aspirational values because we're not just a freedom movement. We're trying to get to peace. We're a peace movement. So what do you need to get to peace? We're encouraging aspirational values such as. Um, open-mindedness and tolerance and voluntary kindness and things of this nature to encourage uh, peace. And civility well as comes to mind, right? And civility. It's one of the values, yeah. Yeah, we can agree to disagree agreeably is the idea. Absolutely. That's right. Ladies and gentlemen, hang tight. Two attorneys on the line. They don't like the bar, but they don't find it a conflict either. Imagine that. Maybe they can beat the IRS for me, huh? All right, hang tight. Sam Bushman, this is the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live, nationally syndicated radio talk show. I reinstated a policy first put in place by President Ronald Reagan, the Mexico City policy. I strongly supported the House of Representatives pain-capable bill, which would end painful late-term abortions nationwide. And I call upon the Senate 
to pass this important law and send it to my desk for signing. We are protecting the sanctity of life and the family as the foundation of our society. And most importantly of all, it is the gift of life itself. That is why we march. That is why we pray. And that is why we declare that America's future will be filled with goodness, peace, joy, dignity, and life for every child of God. Is receiving a faith-based, character-focused education for your children difficult to find? Do you believe that godly principles should be a central component in your child's education? Imagine a school where faith and integrity are at its center, where heritage and responsibility instill character. For over 40 years, American Heritage School has been educating both hearts and minds, bringing out academic excellence. This is the school where character and embracing the providence of a living God are fundamental where students' national test scores average near the 90th percentile. With American Heritage School's Advanced Distance Education Program, distance is no longer an issue. With an accredited LDS-oriented curriculum from kindergarten through 12th grade, your children can attend from anywhere in the world. American Heritage School will prepare your child for more than a job. It will prepare them for life. To learn more, visit American-Heritage.org. That's American-Heritage.org. Back with you live, ladies and gentlemen, Sam Bushman on your radio. We're talking to attorneys, Mark J. Victor, Andrew Markentel. We're talking about the world's only real peace movement. Yeah, Live and Let Live principle and movement. It's all wrapped into one. Liveandletlive.com, one website. Attorneysforfreedom.com, the other. Uh, so, Mark, you wanted to finish saying something about the bar real quick, right? Yeah, I think this is a uh, a big thing that a lot of people in the freedom crowd, and I've heard it before because I've been in this business now for almost 30 years. I've been a hardcore pro-freedom guy the entire time, and I've heard people say, oh, my God, they're members of the bar. I can't trust them. I'm here to tell you absolutely flat not not correct. I would never say anything I didn't believe in. I don't have to take any case that I don't want to take. I'm not doing anything. Nobody can make me do anything that I don't agree to do, period. If I felt that way, I would resign from the bar if I couldn't uh, be free to say, speak my mind. It's true that uh, there is a certain level of decorum that you have to bring in court. I think if we're going to have civilized courts, I don't have any objection to that. But I've never felt restrained from saying what I wanted to say. In fact, I've said in court on many occasions, the law is wrong. Um, I, my client maybe broke the law but did nothing wrong whatsoever, and I've gone off on court on because many, many occasions. Because it's a victimless situation, Abs right? Every time I go off in court on that exact point. So I think just because people conclude that, oh, my God, someone's a member of the bar, they can't be trusted, just not true. It's a function of the character of the attorney that they're hiring. And very regularly while we're in court, we're arguing to the judge that the law is wrong, that they're mistaken. For example, you can find online, search... Mark talking about the drug war in court, you'll see us advocating for clients saying the legislature is just wrong about the drug war. Right. And that's pretty easily provable. Absolutely. Uh, that's for sure. It Look at all kinds but of it's, money. It's, and... it's never hamstrung us at all in how Ever. we advocate all for right. our Well, clients. that's good news. I just wanted to ask, and I, you know, I don't mean to 
try to be contrarian, but I know a lot of people wonder that kind of stuff, and I thought, hey, who better to clarify? It's a good question. Go to Google and search Mark Victor and in, in, in court and look at some videos, and, and you will quickly learn that I am not restrained. And Mark is M-A-R-C, just so people know. Mark Victor. That's right. All right. Andrew, I want you to read us this this pledge, Live and Let Live. It's a pledge, it's a it's a principle, and it's a movement, right? Yes, that's true, and uh, I'd be happy to read it. This is what we're asking people to uh, subscribe to. If people can get behind these 10... Uh, principles as part of the pledge. I think they're going to like this movement. So number one, the live and let live principle is violated when any person or group, that's important, or a group, including governments, initiates force, fraud, or coercion against another person or their property. Number two, the live and let live principle is also violated when any person or group engages in conduct that creates a substantial threat or risk of harm to another person, right? So this is like the drunk driver who's driving on the wrong side of the road or somebody who's firing their firearm up into the air. They haven't um, they haven't actually transgressed against somebody yet, but they're creating a substantial risk thereof. Number three, the live and let live principle applies equally to all people, groups, organizations, corporations, and governments. Number four, it should always be illegal for any person, group, organization, corporation, or government to violate the live and let live principle. Number five, competent adults own themselves. They also own all of their peacefully acquired money, property, and time. As owners, they are entitled to make decisions over these items to the exclusion of all others. Number six, I recognize people hold different views on morality. So long as the conduct of other competent and consenting adults does not violate the live and let live principle, the conduct should be legal, even if it violates my personal moral views. Number seven, I agree to live my life in accordance with the live and let live principle. Number eight, I support the aspirational values of justice, tolerance, open-mindedness, voluntary kindness, rational thought, honesty, civility, building high levels of trust with others, and a commitment to the truth. I oppose forcing these values on others through the law. Number nine, I support the overall goals of the Live and Let Live movement to bring about a free and peaceful and prosperous world while justly increasing human happiness and decreasing human suffering. And finally, number 10, I recognize that for me to live in freedom and peace, I must legally tolerate the equal rights of others to peacefully use their bodies, money, property, and time in ways I personally believe are unwise, unhealthy, offensive, or immoral, so long as the live and let live principle is not violated. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen, 10 principles. Now, some of them seem very similar. Uh, Andrew, do you want to respond to that? Yeah, I think that um, they're not exactly similar. If you pay attention, I'm just telling you at first glance, they seem similar, right? Yeah, they're, they're kind of following a logical progression, right? First, it's kind of getting you to understand, OK, what is force, for example? What is a violation of the live and let live principle? And uh, it kind of walks you through a logical progression that makes you understand, oh, OK, I understand now if I'm going to live free, eventually I, I've got to let other people live free as well. That's the let live part of the live and let live movement. And uh, we should mention, too, there's a forthcoming book that uh, we're kind of putting the finishing touches on right now. I want to say it's about 85% done. And we tried to make the book kind of follow this structure of the, uh, of the principles. And they're sequential for a reason. Because as Mark said, the big failing of the freedom movement so far has been our ability to communicate our, our amazing message. The principle is correct. It's just a matter of making people understand it. And packaging it as the live and let live principle is something that people already understand and already appreciate the world over. It, every language and culture has a way to say it. Every religion has a way to say it, whether it's the golden rule or anything else. And people, the wind is at our backs if we approach it as live and let live. 
And if we approach it that, you know what, we're here to kind of help people understand this, uh, and it's going to take people time to get there, right? Because I can live the way I want. It's just hard for me to let live, too, right? That's, that's the part. really where people get stuck. That's where they get stuck. And as I mentioned in my talk yesterday, this is where the big boys and big girls of freedom come in. And the freedom is not defined as the right of other people to do whatever it is you think is appropriate to do, right? Uh, it's the rights of them to do whatever they want to do so long as they don't interfere with you. That's the principle. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. And at first glance, you go, wait a minute, my morals won't let me do that. I get it. At the same time, though, um, you got to be very careful because that pressure will be put on you if you have viewpoints or thoughts or beliefs that are against somebody else's moral standard. And I'll give you one key one that's interesting. It's the Christians versus the non-Christians. Oftentimes, it's also this idea about Christians debating, you know, the Godhead. Some say, hey, the Trinity, they're all one. Somebody else says, no, man, God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, three different uh, distinct beings. No, that's blasphemy. Um, You know, so this applies to thought, too, is my whole point, right? And conscience. Yeah, the idea is believe whatever you want, right? Believe whatever you like. Don't interfere with somebody else. That's the principle. And the idea is, what it, like what Andy said earlier, we've got to get in our heads. There's a difference between a legal rule and a moral rule. Once we get that point across, people could then say things like, you know, I think prostitution is immoral and nobody should engage in it. And I try to talk everybody out of it. However, if you're dealing with competent, consenting adults, this doesn't violate the rule. And so I also support it being legal. And if people can realize there is no contradiction there, welcome to the freedom movement. And I don't support it being legal because I back the principle. I support it being legal because where's the authority to draw the line? And since we don't have That's authority right. to draw the line, a good we're going to simply step back and say, you know what? I just don't control everything. That's right. <laughs> wow. Can you get? Can you open up your arms and say, I don't control everything and everybody? Yeah, we can still come out and say, look, prostitution's bad. It's a sin. Don't do it. I'll try to talk you out of it. It's wrong. Please don't do it. And try to help people to get out of that lifestyle. No but problem. But can you use the government gun as your as your go-to? You got it. You and got that's it. The that's question. the principle. People, Americans need to understand this above everybody else because, look, if we want to be the land of the free, this has got to be more than just the slogan. We got to walk the walk. Amen to that. It's radical, baby, I'm telling you. But we're about out of time, but I want to get to this, too. Uh, have you guys listened to the Peace Radicals podcast? Mark and Andrew, available every week on the podcast. Um, you can check it out on their website, liveandletlive.com, right? Dot org. Liveandletlive.org. Right. I guess it's attorneysforfreedom.com. That's where I'm getting mixed up. You got Sorry, it, guys. You got it. Liveandletlive.org. That's what the podcast is. It's weekly. Uh, give me a 30-second on the podcast. You know, the podcast is uh, myself and Andy bringing in guests, some some of whom are very famous uh, pro-freedom types. We bring in economists. We bring in, we try to get people who disagree. So if you're out there and you're saying, hey, you know, I really disagree with what I'm hearing, we'd love to have you on the podcast. Uh, our, our purpose here is to have a civilized, intelligent, uh, professional discussion with people to try to get to the differences and always back to the principle. There you have it. Andrew, are you kind of the color guy? <laughs> What's that? Are you the, like the color guy on the podcast? Oh, you know, I uh, I help moderate everything, and I reel Mark back in when he gets on too big of a rant. That's there true. You go. That's necessary. Yes, for sure. Absolutely. Uh, Andrew, uh, if you could tell America or the world one thing, what would you tell them? I would tell them to check out liveandletlive.org. I think it's the most important thing going on in the world today. This is... 
we just went through a global event together, okay, with this pandemic. And there's a lot more global events coming. Right now, we have things on the way. There are big things on the way, like synthetic biology, where people are going to be able to create viruses on a much, on a smaller scale. People are going to be All right, able- we're out of time. Hang tight. Liberty Roundtable Live. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having us, Sam. as our guide. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pry. Arizona state senators are calling to decertify the 2020 general election after a large number of discrepancies and irregularities were found in the Maricopa audit. Arizona Senator Republican Wendy Rogers on One America News. Well, it proved that uh, the election was uh, rife with uh, inaccuracies in the election uh, certification that we submitted months ago. Most prominent data point that jumped out at me was the uh, data point of 74,000-plus mail-in ballots that were used as votes but never really mailed out to the voters. The Democrat presidential candidate won Maricopa County by roughly 10,000 votes. The United States House of Representatives voted overwhelmingly on Thursday to authorize 8,000 additional special visas for Afghans who served the United States during the occupation of Afghanistan that has now come to an end. USA Radio News. Nothing is more important than your vote. Now, lawmakers across America are pushing for election integrity to make sure your vote really counts. All this week, Newsmax's Sean Spicer and Lindsey Keith are exposing the flaws in our voting systems and how to fix them. Make sure you watch Spicer & Company tonight on Newsmax for the real truth about your vote and how Texas, Georgia, Pennsylvania, Arizona, and more are in the crosshairs. Everyone is watching Newsmax. It's on all major cable systems. If your operator doesn't carry it, call them. Tell them you want Newsmax or you can switch. And you can watch Newsmax on most streaming systems like Roku, Samsung, LG, Pluto, Zumo, and more. Plus, download the free Newsmax app on your phone and start watching now. Newsmax is your trusted news source. Every night, watch great shows, starting with Spicer & Company, Greg Kelly, Grant Stinchfield, Cortez & Pellegrino, and a lot more. Go to Newsmax for real news. Watch it today. A St. Louis murder trial is dropped because prosecutors failed to show up. Tim Berg from the Phoenix USA Radio News Bureau reports. St. Louis Circuit Attorney Kim Gardner's office is being criticized again, this time for not showing up for a hearing for an accused killer, forcing the judge to dismiss the case. It's one of three murder cases dismissed in St. Louis in one week. St. Louis Alderman Joe Vicario suggests Gardner shouldn't be in her position much longer on Fox News. It should have never happened in the first place. Were you on vacation? Did you not know that the attorney assigned to that was on maternity leave? Don't you know where your employees are at? For God's sake, you know, you need to be in charge of your office. If you can't do that, you shouldn't be in that office. Mississippi's Attorney General asked the Supreme Court on Thursday to overturn the landmark abortion decision, Roe v. Wade. In the brief, the Mississippi Attorney General noted that the Constitution's text does not mention abortion. USA Radio News.
All right, ladies and gentlemen, back with you live. Sam Bushman, hard-hitting talk at your fingertips. Man, two libertarian anarchist kind of lawyers, liveandletlive.com on your radio. They don't seem to have a problem with the bar. And I talked to them on the break. I'm going to be on their podcast. They're going to come back on the show later with more detailed breakdown. I was telling them they're at odds with their fellow anarchists because you know what? A lot of those guys want no government. These guys are saying, well, you got to have some government. What? From a libertarian? Are you kidding? Anyway, very interesting dichotomy there, but we'll dig into that more with them later. For now, though, we got a man on the radio who is a professional gambler in Las Vegas for four years. But believe it or not, John Paul Mendoza was able to turn that experience into becoming a serial entrepreneur and more. You got a lot of credentials. I'll leave them out for now because we're pressed for time, but welcome to the broadcast, sir. Sam, thanks a lot. Really glad to be here. Excited. Now, tell me uh, how this all works then. You went gambling. What was that all about? Well, the, the beauty of it was is that uh, school I was going to, private school, went broke between my junior and senior year, went out and taught myself how to count cards and blackjack. What better way for life to have no rules but to go to Vegas and start playing, you know? All right. If you get good enough and you count well enough, though, they just kick you out, right? Well, you know, that, that, that's the least of your troubles, uh, and, but it's also really a, a terrible job. So what you find out is that uh, blackjack can be beaten, but yes, you're right. The casinos are not there to do that. So no, they're I, there to hose you, and if you can get the upper hand, then they're like, hey, we'll send you right out, right? Right. Well, and then the arc goes is that I moved to, to poker, and then, of course, proposition bets. And business is all about being a proposition bet, so uh, set me up for that. By the way, when people said to me, John, how do you find somebody who wants to gamble in Vegas? All you do is you say, you want to bet? And if somebody said said anything, they blinked their eyes, then you know what? You got to bet. You're going to find something to buy, bet on. That's uh, what life's all about. All right. Are you betting on Donald Trump coming back? Well, I, I would say the odds are long because I'll tell you what, you know, the you know, when, once you get that fire extinguished a little bit, you can be the guy on the edge. But, you know, you you, you, you got to have a, a great second act. It's hard to do. Tough to do a sequel. Amen to that. I get that. Now, you're a turnaround specialist. You've got 31 turnarounds under your belt, right? I do. Yeah, turnaround means that business is going south. you got to turn it around. You have no resources. you got no time. And you just better figure out how to get it done soon because the, the place is on fire. So you're the co-author of a modern book now on basically turnaround position. Most businesses fail in the first five years or five minutes. I'm sorry. It just takes them years to realize it, right? Absolutely. And people make a mistake right up front. They get all excited. You know what they do is they call their mom. They call their best friend. They say, isn't this a great idea? Their friends go, of course, it's a great idea. It's the best idea you've ever had since lunch. And then what they do is they go out and they start spending money. They start raising money. They start doing things. They don't have an idea about whether or not the customers agree with that, if the customers don't agree. Because, again, customers vote with their feet. They vote with money. Is it saying that you've got to uh, do the due diligence and do the research first? Or are you saying they've got to turn their idea into a business plan, all of the above? What are you saying? Well, before you even waste any time on a business plan, I say know what your position is. Where do you fit? Sam, you fit in a very specific spot in the spectrum. Every place, there's a spectrum. There's a, there's a table out there. Whether we want to believe it or not, inside your head, there's a position. I give you a quick positioning test. If I'm gonna, here you go, Sam. You cannot fail this test. Name a Japanese car brand. A Japanese car brand. Uh, what Subaru? See, there you go. That tells you. That tells me a lot about you. See, Subaru is not number one, not number two. Subaru is an odd brand, but you know what? But they're one fine. of the best brands. That's why I chose it. See, right? But because they got killer cars. But, but listen to how Sam says that. He is now telling us a series of value things about Subaru. Subaru stands for something. And if Subaru, if you look at their failures, they said, hey, 
let's go out and build a sports car. Mistake. So you have to have a position, and that's the challenge. See, we all end up with a position that will make us successful, and then what you know what we'll do? We'll say, well, I'm not happy with that. You know, this is the beautiful blonde who, you know, stars in the movies, and she says, nobody's taking me seriously. What I want to do is I want to play something else, whereas she's got money by that position that she has. So whatever position that you find out the market accepts, you have to live with that position. And you might think the position is different than it turns out to be by the marketplace, right? Marketplace is the arbiter. Marketplace tells us what's going on. Southwest Airlines. Let's say Southwest Airlines says, you know, we're going to come up with a super deluxe first class. Nobody's going to believe it. Nobody's going to think about it. <laughs> this is Sears. That's because they were the treat us all the same. We're going to have fun brand, right? Exactly. Well, and, and think about it. Sears decided they were going to go upscale. Really? Going to go upscale? It'd be like Walmart saying, you know, we're going to bring in a Louis Vuitton bag. I mean, you know. First off, nobody's going to say Louis Vuitton. They're going to say Louis who? <laughs> uh, tell me how the turnarounds happen then. When you dig in, is it that you help them align that with the marketplace? Uh, do you help them save money budgetarily speaking, all the above? What, where does it start? So I live in the sales, marketing, and advertising part of that. And the first thing I do is I say, listen, if we can get more people buying, we can get more people coming in. Then we can then, and then I'll get a finance guy and we can go start making things happen. Take and you say that because increasing revenue makes a bigger difference than cutting expenses. Oh, absolutely. Because when you have money, you can actually do things. But see, you can never trim enough to get rich. You're never going to be able to economize enough to get rich. You need more input, you need more income. Frankly, Sam, one of the most important things that I do, especially if I go into industrial companies, I fire the entire sales force. Now, management hates that. They say, well, what, John, what are we going to do? And I said, we're not doing anything now. How are we going to know the difference? Because now we got to go get people who are going to get serious. We've got to find people who are going to be ambitious. We've got to get people who are saying, let's go get up every day and do it. I mean, I meet people who say, you know, I'm beaten down, John. Can you motivate me? I said, certainly. How about I'm going to help you go get another job? They go, well, that sounds like you're firing me. I said, no, you fired yourself. You're resting. You're, you're retired in place here. you got to move on. And we got to get somebody in here who's not going to do that. Ladies and gentlemen, you got to think outside the box a little bit as you work on some of this stuff. Tell me what attracted you to Freedom Fest. Well, I, I started way over on the left. I mean, I was one of those guys who was way over on the left. I went to a very, you know, progressive school, if you will, yeah. and uh, protested the Vietnam War, did all those kind of things. And then, then what I discovered is the fact that, well, everybody on the left is believing that, you know, my, my stuff is their stuff as long as it was only going one direction. I'm from the don't hurt me, don't take my stuff crowd. Well, so what I did was I thought this is, this is a great place to be, right? Great place to do all that stuff. What happened is I realized that I started a business when I was 15. And once you start a business, what you discover is that all your friends now realize you have money and they don't have money. And what they say is, Aren't, aren't you covering this check? Aren't you doing this? And all of a sudden I went, I see how this works. You know, I'm not somebody sugar daddy. So I, I started thinking about liberty pretty early on. The other thing is that I ran into regulations. Here's one. Go to start my first business. My mother was my first venture capitalist. She lent me $20 to get the license. So I go get the license, and I walked in the state of Colorado. I said, I need a, a, a resale license. The woman says, well, you know, you can't get a resale license. You're too young. I said, well, you know, it, it turns out not to be correct. I said, have you read the statute that you, in fact, enforce? And she goes, young man, I don't know. This is, you know, playtime's over. This is not fun time. And I said, no, no, this is this is real. So she had to go get her boss. Her boss came out, says, you know, was this like some school project? I said, no, I'm starting a business. So I told him chapter and verse what section in the in Colorado code it was. He went out and he called the, the state attorney and came back and said, give him a license. It turns out there's no minimum age. 
He goes, I don't know how you can do business. You can't even drive a car. I said, I didn't know that was a prerequisite for being in business. Yeah, I still can't drive a car as a blind person, but I can run a business now. Exactly. So that, that was an example early on of when, when I said, you know, I see this bureaucratic mess early on up close and in person. They're going to stop me from doing what I want to do. The guy says, do you know how risky it is to be a business? Think about it. A guy who is a is a career bureaucrat who doesn't even know the law that he's trying to administer is going to tell me what I can and cannot do about being in business. I said, as far as I know, again, I'm 15. I don't know what much from anything. I said, as far as I know, I need this sheet of paper so I can go out and go buy stuff and go sell stuff. That's what I need to do. And I did. When you say it takes three to five years for people to figure out their business is failing, is it? Because that's how long it takes to drain their money. <laughs> well, exactly. You know, you know they they got they've got people. They're, they're true believers. You know, they got mom, they got dad, they got auntie, they got somebody, they got friends. They're believing the dream. They're they're only one little miracle before they're going to make it. You know, I said I said you know you know if you believe in miracles, that's great. If you're sitting there praying on it, that's great. While you're praying, why don't you pray that you can dial that phone? That's that's better, you know. I you know I want to pray for abundance. I want to chant for abundance. I met people who are going to chant for abundance. You know, I said, well, if if that means getting people on the phone and chanting to them and they'll buy, I'm all for it. But if it doesn't mean that, then you know what you're kidding yourself. And it doesn't mean that 99 percent of the time. Well, it shouldn't. Well, I mean, and here here's the lesson I got from my mother. I was going through a slump. Anybody out there who's never been through a slump, never been in business, never been in sales, never done really anything much in their life, I'm going through a slump, and I really need this sale because, I mean, I'm up against it. I'm selling technology. I said to my mother, devout Catholic, she would go light candles. I said, Mom, would you light a candle so I can win this deal? She says, John, that doesn't work that way. She goes, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go light a candle. you got to send me the money. You have to send me the money. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to go light your candle. What I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask is that you're going to have the strength to go through and do what you have to do. And if you do that, you know what you're going to do? You're going to get what you're going to get, but you're going to, I'm going to pray for your strength. You can't pay, pray for the deal. You've got to pray for the strength to do the deal. It's kind of like when bad troubles come to you. You don't just run around and ask why. You run around and say, what should I learn and what you want me to do? Exactly. Yeah. And and you have to do something. And the, the number one thing that I say to somebody when they say is we have to do action. Action. Speaking of that, ladies and gentlemen, he's co-author of the modern book about positioning. Most businesses fail in the first five minutes, but it usually takes three to five years to find out, to realize it. Position to win book.com to learn more. John Paul Mendoza with us, ladies and gentlemen, on your radio. Hang tight. More to come. As the United States boldly stepped forward in the glorious light provided by its new constitution in 1787, the nations of the earth were in awe of the newfound strength and hope of this free land. Today, the nation stands at a crossroads. A divergence from the original intent put forth in the United States Constitution has brought grave threats to our beloved nation. A miracle is needed if the United States is to survive. That miracle is again the pure application of the United States Constitution. I'm Scott Bradley. In my To Preserve the Nation book and lecture series, I bring forth truths that will help raise up a new generation of statesmen like those noble Americans who founded this land. Vigorous application of these principles will invigorate and restore the nation, and we may become again the freest, most prosperous, most respected, and happiest nation on earth. Visit to preservethenation.com to begin that restoration.
Okay, girls, about finished with your lesson on money. Daddy, what is a buy-sell spread for gold coins? Well, when you sell a gold coin to a coin shop that's worth, say, $1,200, you don't actually get $1,200. But don't worry, we're members of UPMA now, so we don't have to worry about that. Daddy, what if somebody steals our gold? We don't have any gold at the house. It's stored safely in the UPMA vault, securely and insured. But the S&P 500 outperformed gold. Daddy, gold is a bad investment. Some people do think of it that way, but actually, gold is money. And as members of the United Precious Metals Association, we can use our gold at any store, just like a credit card. Or I can ask them to drop it right into Mommy and Daddy's bank account, because we're a UPMA member family. Find out more at upma.org. That's upma.org. Back with you live, ladies and gentlemen, John Paul Pinoso with me. We're talking about business. He was a professional gambler for four years, learned a lot of critical lessons now brought to his entrepreneurial skills. Serial entrepreneur, if you will. Works on turnarounds, works on changing the game for folks. Starts with some radical changes that people aren't really comfortable with, but you know what? That's what it takes to kind of get a clue, to kind of make the difference, to kind of understand. Uh, he's the co-author of a modern book positioning that's what it's all about most businesses fail in the first five minutes but it usually takes three to five years to find that reality out you want to learn more position to win book.com that's the position to win book.com uh, you want to be positioned to win ladies and gentlemen that's for sure um so as you've kind of written the book who wrote it with you well my my co-conspirator i call him a co-conspirator because I, i'm going to give everybody the formula of how to write a book okay here's what you do you go out and you get 30 years plus experience and everybody keeps telling you you should write a book. Then you find somebody and you get yourself a Colombian. That's what I did. I mean, Gabe Batista is my, my Colombian. He's and when, actually, and when you say a Colombian, you mean a, a highly educated wordsmith. Well, actually, actually a guy from Colombia who, oh, who, right. who has a great backstory. And what you do is, is you become business partners with him. And he says, you know what? I'm going to help you get a book out. And he and I worked on it for a couple of years and we got it done. So that was, that was the, the, the big push on it. And uh, Gabe is a, actually a trained musician. Uh, music uh, major who then went into uh, internet marketing and uh, became a coaching client of mine. Then we became business partners. And your primary business is what? The book, the podcast, uh, consulting? Well, I do, co I do consulting. And what consulting does is bring me to opportunities. And then I own several businesses that I actually run. So I'm not just a guy who, I'm not just a consultant who. You know, when you ask them what the time is, they take your watch and give you the time and then keep your watch. So I actually am somebody who's running a business, multiple businesses every day. What are your businesses? Well, we have a business right now in uh, engineering services where we sell uh, video equipment for military helicopters. That's, a, okay. that's, that's kind of a unique one. Then we have one in uh, commercial real estate appraisal business. We have that. Uh, we have a, a publishing company, and we, we publish a variety of things. Uh, obviously, for yourself and others. For myself and others. And we also have uh, a series of, you know, I do a lot of work with uh, sales training and doing turnarounds, so that's consulting. And uh, so, that, so those are kind of the main things that we're working on right now. All right. I wanted to draw that out so people realize this isn't just something that you uh, thought about or whatever. This is something that you live every day, and you apply those skills 
uh, to what's in the book and those skills to helping people understand, uh, etc. Paul's World's your podcast, right? Uh, it well, the, the the podcast for the book is Position to Win. Uh, it's a Paul world is actually what gets me to Freedom Fest because we decided my brother and I were disgusted with the political landscape and we we liked Rand Paul and we were trying to get Rand Paul elected to president, which that didn't work out in 2016. By the way, the gambler in me, after seeing Donald Trump talk at Freedom Fest, I went out and bet five people, a hundred bucks, five guys, a hundred bucks, that not only would Donald Trump win the nomination, but he'd win the presidency. And uh, you know what? It was it was tough collecting from Sam because everybody was so confident that they were never going to have to pay off. So that's how, that's how I got. That to was it. back in 2016. 2016. All right. What's going to happen now with the Donald? Then. Well, Are I think. Gonna... I, well, I think. I think that 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 if if he is if he is wise, what he does is he goes to become the chairman emeritus, and he helps get people elected, and he helps step out of his own uh, his own world a little bit. And uses that as influence, because if he uses it as influence, I think he can grow to a, a very large number of people. What about his uh, desire to create a social media company? Well, Is that where he should start? Desire to grow a social media company. Well, first off, uh, I, I, I'm going to do just lambast all of the, you know, of, of these parties who did not understand that you need to control and own your resource. When I when I talk to these people and I said you have to build your own servers you have to own have your own all this stuff <laughs> and when these people said John they're they're benevolent dictators you know when Google says that their that their word is do no evil see in in poker we call that a tell see that's a tell you know when somebody says do no evil it doesn't mean that they're good people it just means they understand the the value and the power of evil yeah, or they understand the consequences right absolutely and how to and how to yield that and how to move that forward so yeah. Should they create their own platform? Absolutely. The question is, is that are they going to hire political operatives to do it? Or are they going to, in fact, hire technical people who can do it? And I don't know if they're going to hire the technical people because the technical people is who you need. There's no doubt you've got to build it right from the ground up. I only ask the question because I know that he's been flirting with that idea for quite some time, and it seems like it doesn't uh, materialize to date. And I, and I want to see it materialize because I, I give speeches, he who owns the media makes the rules. Well, and you're absolutely right. I mean, the, the, the challenge of having somebody who's a real estate developer actually develop a technology platform is that is that it is a very different world. And what you need to do is you need to have all the technical people. And what he does is he thinks that he's building a building, which means that you hire a concrete guy and you hire the, the window guys and you hire these guys. But that isn't how you build a technology company. The reason why Google is so successful, frankly, is what they did is they did something really radical. And you know what that was? They went out and hired a bunch of mathematicians. And what they said is, we're going to do data analysis and do data analysis and do data analysis. And they said, for what purpose? They couldn't even get raised the money for Google. Now, we can't live without Google. And people say to me, well, John, it's because they know so much about us. Well, no, it's because they asked the questions to figure out how to know so much about us. And then Facebook comes along. I mean... I mean, Mark Zuckerberg, if he could get out of his own way, would be the richest guy in the world. Why? Because people voluntarily give all kinds of information. Now, why isn't he the richest guy? Because he doesn't know how to build an advertising platform. But the guys at Google said, you know what? Wait a second. We're going to build an advertising platform. In my book, in my book, I talk about the fact that I, met, I meet people from Google, and they hate the ad business. They hate the thing that makes them the money. In fact, they, they give people money to work counter to their own best interest, which tells you how powerful a concept it is. You can't kill a great position business 
Well, you can eventually. It was called Sears. But, you know, it, it takes some diligence. So what you have to do is if Donald Trump wants to build a platform, he's got to go raise the money. And what he's got to do is he's got to put technical people, not bureaucrats, not a bunch of people who are going to tell him what he wants to hear because he wants to get to the end result. You have to build the infrastructure and understand that infrastructure. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Are you speaking at Freedom Fest? I am not, but I, I am. I, I walk around and talk to everybody. So. I asked that because you've been at several of them, right? I have been in several of them. How come yeah. they don't? Uh, how come they don't make you a speaker? Your positioning book seems valuable for business owners and entrepreneurs and people that would come to the Freedom Fest, right? Sam, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm loving you more. Got to tell you. Got to talk to Mark Schausen, don't I? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I got, I got to, I got to get somebody who's got juice. In Vegas, it was, you know, it's all about the juice. Can you get somebody who's got the juice to get you in the door? But again, I'm, I've always been very counter to that. I mean, it's funny when people say to me, you're coming to Freedom Fest. How are you going to meet people? I said, how do I not meet people? I meet people everywhere. I walk around and meet people. I met a guy. I met a guy. Can I, I don't know how much time we have. I met a guy sitting on a, on a Avis car rental bus in Denver, Colorado. He was a VP of sales from CNN, new Ted Turner, inside and out. We started this conversation. He goes, you're a fascinating guy. We ended up having several dinners together. I learned a lot. He told me a lot about how that whole business got started. People said, how do you meet these people? I said, they're everywhere. They're sitting next to you in the car rental bus. You got to ask them. You got to talk to them. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. You can meet people everywhere. Positioning uh, has never been more important than now, and that's kind of the point that we're having, whether it's positioning for your business, whether it's positioning for your life, even if you want to work for somebody else. Positioning and who you know is where it all starts, right? Absolutely. In fact, how, how, does, a, how does a guy who, who never makes it through high school, never goes through college, ends up going out and working for all these tech companies? Position myself. Now, are you a doctor? Well, I'm Dr. Speed Selling, but, you know, sometimes I figure, listen, I mean, if somebody can get a, a FUD behind their name, I mean, sometimes known as a Ph.D., and then they can call themselves doctor, I can do that. I'm, you know, I, I can, you know, end up being a doctor because I'm the doctor of uh, speed selling. Absolutely. All right. Because I can cure your ills of sales. That's what it's all about. I can I can show people how to sell faster than they've ever sold before. Now, they say, does, so does that mean you can change the space-time continuum? No, but I can show you how to get sales in ways that you've never done it before. All right. Now, Donald Trump is known as the art of the deal guy. You're known as the deal maker, right? Yeah, I think I'm a deal maker. Sure. I, I think that that fits. I think that's a good part of positioning. And and you have to make deals because as soon as you step into doing a turnaround, the, the most important thing you have to understand is that you have no resources. So therefore, most people walk in and say, I want to be a deal maker because I want to have all the cards. You know what I wish I had is I had all this big bank money so I can walk in and I can go make deals. No, no. The, the ability of a deal maker is to say, can I take what I've got and make a deal? I'll just give you a quick example. There are literally millions, tens of millions, hundreds of millions of dollars worth of assets dropping on the ground. We recently bought, my partner and I, we just recently bought an internet property for $10. And we get a database with it. Now I'm talking about a functional database, not just a database. And, and we also end up with 3,300 names. Now we have to pay their legal fees because that was part of the deal. So I paid, I paid $1,210 for 3,300 leads and they're buyers. Now, I don't know, maybe I overpaid, but I can tell you that right now, if you want to go out and buy leads on Amazon, if you want to buy buyers, they're not available, but you want to buy leads, you want to buy interest, you want to buy likes, you're going to be spending 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 100 bucks to get some of these in competitive marketplaces. You might even be spending $1,000 to get a name. 
Well, I go out and buy it for $1,210 and I get 3300 of them. And I have a pre-existing relationship because as soon as I buy it, I'm in. So I have a pre-existing relationship. You know how many bidders there were on that, Sam? None. There were no other bidders. Nobody else was even looking at this property. This property was dead. The guy said, listen, you know, we're throwing in the towel, John. You know, you got to give us something. I said, a dollar. They said, that's an insult. How about 10 bucks? I said, oh, I don't know, guys. I mean, that's like that's like a thousand percent more than I started with. But OK, I think I can make that work. Let's see. Couch cushions got to come up. Told my wife, leave that change there. Sometimes I might need to buy business. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. You know, the interesting thing about John is this ability to reason through things quickly and to put together new ideas that others haven't considered. That's really one of the great keys to someone who's successful in business. It's that creative genius, if you will, that makes it happen. Now, you've got a positioning quiz on your website. We're about out of time, but I want you to mention that because I think that could really help people too. Well, we put up the positioning website because positioning, so everybody loves the word branding. And everybody likes to be out there. And, and I have a lot of friends who are branding consultants. And I don't want to knock people who have bought me steak dinners. But, you know, branding is this thing like I say to them, great, give me a branding story. Harley Davidson. Give me a branding story. Ferrari. You know, okay. So you're telling me Harley Davidson, 1903, sat there and said, you know what we're going to do? We're going to do all of this work. And we're in South Dakota right now. Right, Sam? We do all <laughs> of this work. So Sturgis is going to have 300,000 plus people. They built that branding that way? And the answer is no, they did not. What happened is they built a position, and that position built the brand. You need to know your position before you build the brand, unless you end up with the Easter Bunny. I don't know if you ever got a chocolate Easter Bunny, Sam. I did. Yes, I, I did, and that sucker's hollow inside, sir. You, 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 you got it, <laughs> and that's and that's exactly what br most branding is. It's hollow. People have the pretty colors, it's got the cool logo, they got all that stuff. But what do you stand for? Ladies and gentlemen, I don't have a lot of branding, but I got the real deal. This is the one and only Liberty Roundtable live, nationally syndicated, global via the podcast talk show, global via the internet, streaming, etc. talk show. And you know what? We dig in deep and get the real answers on your radio. John Paul is what he goes by, right? Yes, it's sir. The Paul World is one of his podcasts. He goes by John. Mendoza is his last name. He specializes in turnarounds and more. You can take his positioning quiz. You can subscribe to their positioning to win podcast on iTunes, um, Spotify, and more. Positiontowinbook.com. Thank you, sir. Yeah. Liberty Roundtable Live. God save the Republic of the United States of America.